children can be dismissed to children's church, but Abby, you won't have long. Um, um, being in, and being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came having an alabaster flask of very costly oil of spikenard. And then she broke the flask. Everybody say broke the flask and poured it on the ground and poured it, I'm sorry, on his head. But there were some who were indignant among themselves and said, why was this fragrant oil wasted? For it might have been sold for more than 300 denarii and given to the poor. And they criticized her sharply. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She's done a good work for me. For you have the poor with you always, and whenever you wish, you may do to them good. But me, you do not have always. She has done what she could. She has come beforehand to anoint my body for burial. Assuredly, I say unto you, wherever the gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial Unto her father, seal the word to our heart. Anoint my voice today. Anoint my tongue. Anoint their ears. God, I declare it so in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. I want to talk to you about something that is more powerful out of this scripture. I probably preached out of this scripture. I know I did just several months ago, not long ago at all. I just saw a new revelation in this. And let me tell you why. Because I want to piggyback off of what uh, Sister Deidre said. She said, we need some older folks. 20 over uh, older folks to invest in these young people but in order to invest into these young people the way they need to be invested into we've got to learn how to break the box now what am I and so this morning Daniel I brought my lesson my message to brother Daniel and showed him uh, my notes and 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 I showed this is my notes today okay um, and I gave him my notes so that he would have something to create a slide with. Um, but he looked at me and said, what have you done with my pastor? Um, I, I've come to tell you today that what God has done is he's broken the box. Um, I, I, I didn't want to come with, with five points in a, you know, in a ni- nice little package this morning. I want to talk to you about something that God literally just hammered into my soul and my spirit on, uh, on one of the nights at camp. Um, youth pastor from Palace of Praise, Zach Bogus, was up and he was preaching. And he, he just said something. This was not the premise of his message. It was just a nugget that he was saying during his preaching. And he said, you know, other we always talk about, we, we at Pentecost kind of talk proudly about other religions and say that they are just inside the box. If they'd get the Holy Ghost, then they'd get out of the box. But they're just, you know, Methodist or Presbyterian or Baptist or whatever. We kind of get on a high horse and say that they're in a box. But he said, you know, if we were honest, we get stuck in our own little Pentecostal box as well. And when he said that, God began to pierce my heart and said, absolutely, that was a, that was a fact that we in the Pentecost, church we in the charismatic spirit filled church we get inside of a box too and I, I've come to tell you this morning that I think it's time that we break the box and and so what happened was through that service he preached his message and then at the end of his message he, he gave the altar call and he said and, and just speaking to breaking the box he, he gave his altar call and he said you know what I felt like God said give them what they need tell them what to do give them the altar call and then walk away and I said, man, you really did it because I felt like Elvis had left the building. I don't
don't know where he went. When after he gave the altar call, he walked off the platform, and I didn't see him for about another hour. I was like, where did he go? Did he ever, you know, did he have to fly to his other location and preach his next message? I mean, I didn't know where he went, but he said God told him to deliver the word and then let them figure it out. And at that night, that was what Sister Abby was alluding to, was during that night, uh, Instead, every night the the leadership kind of sat on the front row over here on the left side, and when the altar call would happen, all the leadership and the dorm leaders and every would go get in front and be ready for when the youth would come up for the altar call. But that night he gave the altar call, and the youth just came to the front. But all of us leaders, we it was like nobody said anything. We just all knew we weren't supposed to go up there. We weren't supposed to be. There was no. It was it was Holy Ghost coordinated. It was not us, and we. Were we were all standing there and we were watching these youth as they went up to the front and there was about 150 or 200 kids in the altars and the altar and, and they wanted to seek after God they wanted to to get an answer from God and and to to hear something from the Lord but then uh, there was a moment when uh, once that happened the worship team said well that's our cue and so they went up to the to their their positions on the worship team and they all got ready and then they started doing a song and before you know it all the youth were doing you know going through the motions of praise and worship and they were lifting their hands and all these things and I looked over at uh, Brian Freeman who was sitting beside me and I said we're still in the box because there was a because it's, it, 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 I'm not I'm not I'm not bashing anyone. I'm not throwing throwing stones at the worship team, but they thought it's altar call and this is my cue and I need to go up and do this because this is how things are supposed to go. And so I I, I stood there and I just tarried for a moment. We weren't praying for anybody. I was just tarrying, but there was an anxiety inside of my spirit that was just saying, these kids, got they've got to get out of the box. They've got to get, and this is what the Holy Ghost was just downloading this. And, and so I went and I found um, Pastor Pastor Josh Vandegraaff, who was with us several weeks ago, and he was the one uh, that was set to close the service, and so the mic had been handed off to him, and nobody was doing anything, so he thought maybe it was, you know, I don't know what his thoughts were, I don't want to put my, you know, but but I think he was getting ready to close, I think he was like, okay, well, I don't know, you know, exactly where this is going, and so I, I went up, and I whispered in his ear, and I said, man, we're still stuck in the box, and God wants us to get out of the box, and so I said, I, I, I said, you're running this thing, but but if I were you, I'd shut this band down and just make them go after God or ask them to go after God and so that's exactly what he did he went and he, he just began to shut the music down and they're standing there these 200 kids are in the altars and now there's no music and they don't have any coaching there's nobody standing in front of them praying but all of a sudden us leaders just got this one word in our spirit and we just begin to say now go go press in go just go. We weren't, we weren't praying for anybody. We weren't laying hands on anybody. We were just behind them, encouraging them. Go. Get in the presence of God. Do what, draw near to God. Go into where you're trying to go. Don't let, we're not going to lead you there. We can't lead you there. You just go. And for an hour and a half, there was no music. There was no, there was no preaching. There was, no, there was a bunch of young people that would, that would let the Spirit of God begin to move on them. And in waves, you 
would ha- you would hear the sounds of uh, of the upper room coming into that place because there was no I want to tell you there was no amplified music in the upper room at Pentecost. I, I mean I love amplified music. I play lead guitar. We like it loud. Okay, if you're a lead guitar player, that's a given. You you play too loud, and so we I I like amplified music. But on the day of Pentecost, there was no music. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that they were sitting down. It filled the house where they were sitting, and so there wasn't even necessarily a, a, a you know a posture of standing. But there was a wind that began to blow, and for an hour and a half in that altar service on that night, as the as the young people began to get outside of the box, then God would flow in in billows and waves, and you would hear the sounds of Pentecost rise up, and and you'd hear a wave come through, and young people were speaking in tongues and and just wailing and crying out to God and then there would be a little bit of a low moment and everybody would start to look around and then all of a sudden another wave of the Holy Spirit would come in and, and just blast through the place until the to the point where it was getting so late they were just like we, we had to say you know what if you want to leave you can go ahead and leave we'll go to the snack shack but we're going to let these tarry here and I mean to tell you God moved in such a mighty way but as he was moving I was standing up there where I had mentioned to Brother Josh that, he, that you know, to shut the music down. I was standing up there and I, and I began to pray. I said, God, get us out of the box. This was my prayer. I'm sitting on the side. I said, God, get us out of the box. God, I was interceding. God, get us out of the box. And I was talking about these youth. And then all of a sudden, God began to speak back to me. I said, God, get us out of the box. He said, Why? You'll just get back in it. I said, wow. He said, if I get you out of the box, you'll just go back to your churches on Sunday and get back in it. You'll just, these kids will get out of the box here, but when they get back home, they'll just jump back in the box. I said, okay, God, I understand. Destroy the box. I began to pray, destroy the box. And God began to tell me, if I destroy the box, then I will upset everyone's world. If I destroy this box that they're in, then, then they can't go back to church and have church as usual anymore. If I destroy this box, then, then when they get back to their church on Sunday morning, then some of the old religious folks are going to start getting mad because it's not church as usual, and they're going to try and be like the Pharisees that shut up the children. But God was saying, Jesus was saying, haven't you ever read that out of the mouths of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? He said, if I destroy the box, then they can't go back to their schools and fit in with their crowd anymore. They're going to become the Jeremiah generation that I've called them to be, not not just a young generation of prophets but a generation of prophets that'll have a fire that's shut up in their bones that they try to leave it behind but they can't stop they're going to be a, pro- a generation of prophets that say I know there's a plan and a call on my life it's an expected end that God has for me he said if I break the box here then I have to break the box there and I said God destroy the box and he said Paul if I destroy the box over your church then your church is 
is going to be ruffled and upset. You may go through motion. You may go through changes that you're not willing to go through. If I destroy the box over you, then all of a sudden you might become the church that I'm looking for to come back to. The church that I'm looking to come back and return for. He said you might become the bride that I've been waiting on. The spotless bride. The bride that believes in holiness again. That's not changed and moved by the ways of the world. That's not changed and moved by the sounds and acts of the world that's not affected by Hollywood and affected by TV and media and mainstream. I'm telling you, he said, if you just, he said, I don't think you want me to destroy the box. And he took me to the scripture and he said, she destroyed the box. He said, this woman, wherever it goes, wherever the gospel's preached, it will be preached as a memorial to her. I have looked at this in my whole life believing it was about worship. Believing that when she broke the flask and she poured out upon him worship that that was the moral of the story. But God utterly changed that for me because he was pointing to the fact that she was breaking the mold. She was destroying Everything they thought should have happened. Number one, she was coming in to a place where she wasn't invited. She said, I don't care. I heard Jesus was going to be there. Now listen, you can read this story in other scriptures. It's in Luke. It's in, it's in Matthew. You can go read it. But they all tell a little different account, but it's the same story. But she heard Jesus was going to be in the house. And she said, I don't care where it's at. I don't care if it's in Simon the leper's house. I don't care where it's at. I don't care if I'm invited. If Jesus is going to be there, I'm going to be there. She was breaking the mold. She was breaking the box. She wasn't welcome according to the world standards, but because Jesus was there, she had a different invitation to come to the place where he was. And I've come to tell you today, if we're going to be a church that is a church that has no boxes, that the box has been destroyed, then everyone has to be welcome because Jesus is in the house. It's not about what you wear, what you look like, how you sound, how you can talk, if you can testify good, if you sing well, if you wear the right clothes, if it doesn't matter she said I'm invited because God's there and I don't care who it offends I'm going to go after God that's the heart of the worshiper that was in her she said I don't care what it looks like when I lift my hands I don't care listen this this correlates today to somebody who would say I don't care if people look at me and wonder why I cry tears every time I worship on Sunday I don't care what it looks like if I come in and I dance more extravagantly or boisterously than everybody else they can call me hyper spiritual if they want to they can call me a, a, a holier than thou if they want to but all I know is Jesus Jesus is there and I'm going to give him my best. She was breaking the box. She symbolically, she, she literally broke the box of what costed the most to her. How many times do we as the church break the box of what costs the most to us? We're willing to give God most things but not everything. She was breaking the box, said, God, if I understand something correctly, I've said this on Thursday night, if I understand something correctly, I tell my, this is what I teach, I think I said it last Sunday, this is what I teach my kids, God is God, you are not, God is God, and that if he is God and we understand that, 
then we have one option. We have two options. We either run from a God who is God or we serve him. We love him. We give him everything. She understood that. She understood that he was the Lord. And it didn't matter what it looked like in the face of anybody else. She was going to break anything that was costly to her. She was going to bust down every wall. She was going to tear down everything, that every, whatever she had to do to get in the presence of God. And then right all around her, when she began to do the things that were uncharacteristic, and you know, the, all of a sudden the religious and legalistic crowd began to, began to rebuke her, and they did it in a fashion where it looked like they were righteous in doing it. They said, oh, if she would have, uh, she could have, we could have, sold that and been so much better if we gave that money to, to feed you know people if we would have just used that some other way uh, we could have done it this way and it would have been more proper and more holy and more righteous if we did it and Jesus said no listen I love this Jesus said you need to stop what you're doing because you don't even know what you're talking about we think that we think that we've got to do things this way this way and this way and sometimes I've come to tell you sometimes our church finance I'm just going to go ahead and use this as an example Sometimes our church finances go to buy, to buy food for others. Sometimes they go to pay the bills here. But sometimes they go to pay for kids to get to camp. And then we, we can't look at that and say, oh, we could have spent that money some other way. There we could have fed so many people with that if we'd have done it this way. Or that. God was trying to break that box off of them. God was trying to break them. And, and here's the thing. We as, we as the Pentecostal church, but the church in general, we find ourselves inside the flask. We're always looking at this story as if, as if it's the woman and the symbolism of what the woman did. But we as the church are the worship. We are the fragrance that's supposed to be lifted up to God. We are, we're, we're, we're not the woman we're not, hopefully not the, the, the pharisaical crowd that was around her. We are the oil in the flask. We are the aroma that God is waiting to breathe. We are the worship that God is longing to hear. We're not supposed to just have a lid taken off and let a little bit rise up every Sunday when it's good and kosher and feels right and timely packaged. We're supposed to break it and pour it out, let it come out, and change the affect the atmosphere around us. We're supposed to break the box. God said, God said, if I destroy the box, your church will never be the same. I've got I, I have a word to return back to God. I don't want my church to be the same. I don't want to be like every other church. I don't want to, I don't want to be in the box. I don't, I, 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 I love music. I love, I love good worship. I love uh, good, good preaching. And I love uh, all these different things. But if, if the service flows from start to finish, two fast songs, two slow songs, uh, uh, a tithe and offering and we do this and we do this and we do this and then when the worship or the altar comes then worship has to start and we're all and what if God just wanted us to stop and cry out unto the heavens what if God just wanted us with no music to lift up our praise and prayer 
There's one thing he said about the church. He said, my house will be called a house of prayer. He didn't say it'd be called a house of worship, a house of organization. He didn't say it'd be called a house of good preaching or a house of, of good praise. He said, it will be called a house of prayer. I'm just coming to you this Sunday morning with a voice that's mostly gone to tell you that as these young people have broken the boxes off of their life, if we're going to lead them in the ways of the Lord, if we're going to lead them to where God wants them to go, then we have to get out of our box. And I don't, want, I don't know about you, but I don't want to just step out of the box when it's convenient for me. How many of y'all ever been to a meeting where we're like, let's think outside the box for a while? Anybody ever been to a meeting where people say, can we get strategic and think outside the box? Yeah, I want to destroy the box. I don't want to have to get out of the box and then get back in the box and then get back out of the box and then get back in the box and every, every time say, can we, get, can we think about how to get outside the box? No, I want to live outside the box. I want, to, I want our church to be an outside-the-box church. I want our church to love differently than other churches love. I want our church to worship differently than other churches worship. And, you know, the crazy thing is we've been doing this so long that it's going to take work to make sure that we're not doing it the way we've always done it. But I want to challenge every one of you in your home life and in your church life every week, week after week, day after day, God, I don't want to do it this way because I've always done it this way. I want to do what's pleasing to you. I want to worship you the way you want to be worshipped. I want to pray to you the way you want to be prayed to. I want to pray as much as you want me to pray. If it costs me my friendships, then that's fine. They're not in my box. They're, 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 they're stuck in a box and I'm not in the box. I want to do things differently. It was such a profound word. When God said to me, you can't, it was like, anybody remember, I don't know what line, what movie this was, but it was like, you can't handle the truth. It was like God was saying, you can't handle me destroying the box. But I want to challenge us. I, as the shepherd of this house, have faith in every one of you that we can handle it. That we can change that we can be a different church, that we can love intentionally, that we can reach out and become evangelical. If there's one box that has bound this church more than anything since I've been here in almost three years, it's the lack of evangelism. How will they know unless they are told? How will they be told unless there's a preacher? How will there be a preacher unless they be sent? We've got to become evangelical. We've got to begin to show people the love of Christ outside of these four walls. We should be bringing in the spoils of our warfare every week to church. Yeah, I've been out fighting with the devil, but guess what? I didn't come in beat down and broken down and have to be healed. And I may come in with a couple scars this week, but I'm also coming in with my spoils. I've got two or three people to bring with me to church. Yeah, I've been warring and yeah, he's been fighting and I got a couple dents in my armor, but I've also got some spoils that I brought with me. I am a victorious one. We walk around, we come into the church, we're broken down, we're defeated. We've been beat up because we've never gone on the offensive. I don't know about you. 
you, but I never seen a gate attack anybody. But Jesus said, "This is upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it." I've never seen a gate attack anyone. In order for a gate to prevail, someone must attack the gate. We've got to become a church that attacks the gate, that pushes, that breaks the mold, breaks the box, destroys the box. Stand to your feet with me in the house of the Lord. This simply is this, a word that I want to leave you with. You know why? Because we could come up here and we could, listen, I could call an altar call and I'm not going to do it today for fear of being inside the box. Because we could do it. We could call an altar call. Everybody come up. Eli plays the song. We all go through the motions. I lay hands on a couple people. We do this. We do that. And listen, God moves personally in people. I'm not, I'm not discrediting the move of God. And I'm thankful for what He's done. But He wants to do so much more. So I want to leave you with the challenge this week. I want to leave you with the challenge to say, I don't need the preacher to lay hands on me to get my box destroyed. I need to make some commitments and changes in my life to destroy the box. I got to destroy the box of religion off of me. There's, there's some people, if you were honest with yourself, when you look at certain people, you have a preconceived idea. You're not looking through the lenses of Jesus. You need the box destroyed. There's certain people in this room that you think that, it, uh, that, that, that you have to have a service to go a certain way. It's got to be music. It's got to be this. There are certain people that, that, that come to church here that, that feel like the church service needs to be shorter or needs to be condensed down or, or we just do this or we do that. The wrong, we do the wrong music. We do, and I'm, listen, I'm getting right on your toes today because I've come to tell you that it's not about the music. It's, not, it's about Jesus. It's not about the style. It's not about the number of songs. It's not, it's, it's not about whether you like it or not, whether it's your cup of tea or not. It's about the kingdom of God and what is going to minister to the most people that we can minister to. It's about getting outside the box and destroying that thing where we don't have to ever get back in it again. It's challenging. It's challenging. But I want to challenge you to do it from this point forward. Next week, when we come back, we're going to be coming back from children's camp, from junior camp. And I expect some young people to be changed. I expect these youth that are going as workers to be changed even more. But it's our job that when they come back, they don't feel like they're walking back into the bindings of a box. You know, it's easy for me because I was at camp all week. It's not as easy for you. And I'm not, and I'm not dumb to that. I understand you didn't experience the thing, but I'm going to pray to God that he would cause you to experience this coming week a radical change in your lifestyle. That he's going to do the work as we are off at camp. He's going to do the work in you. That way when we come back next week, it's no more church as usual. And you bringing in some spoils of war. Amen? Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your grace and your mercy.
God, I thank you that so many people have come out today. And Lord, for those who aren't able to be here, I pray that they have listened on Facebook. And God, I pray that you would change the circumstances that surround us. God, we have put ourselves in our little Pentecostal box for too long. We have allowed the ideologies of who we are and the things we call Pentecost to dictate the way church goes. But God, I am reminded by you that your spirit is not bound to what we think or what we see but you are the power of God you are a power that is greater than us the Holy Ghost is bigger than me the Holy Ghost is stronger than me the Holy Ghost is bigger than my brain the Holy Ghost is bigger than my thought power my thought processes so God I I anoint this place right now by your power that you would destroy the box over us individually and corporately that you would begin to destroy the thing that confines us that we would be as a memorial like this woman was God I don't care what it looks like I'm going to praise you harder I don't care what it looks like I'm going to worship but God most of all I'm going to destroy the thing that tries to bind me just as the anointing oil destroys the yoke God you destroy the box that we try to live in God I pray throughout this week that you would make a way that the chains of religion would be broke. That the chains of, chains of legalism would be broke. That the chains of, of just the motions and how we do things would be broken. God, inspire us with your ideas. Let us be the church that you've been waiting for, God. Let us be the church that you've been looking for. Let us become the bride that is spotless that you've called to come back to, God. Let us get right in your sight, God. I decree a call for holiness over your people again, God. Let us live by your standard without holiness. No man can see you, God. Lord, we thank you, Jesus, for all that you do. And we praise you for destroying the box around us. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Are there any needs that we need to pray for in the house this morning? Sister Evelyn, you need me to pray for you. We're going to pray for you. Believe God for you. You go to the doctor tomorrow. All right. If you can walk up here or you can sit right there in that front seat, whatever whatever suits you the best, and we'll have a word of prayer with you. Sister Corrine, the same thing. Brother Dave, Brother Tom, if you'll come up and pray. Listen, I don't want to go through the motions on this. I want you to touch heaven right now. Stretch forth your hands to them and touch heaven. Get out of your box. Touch 